0: Hello, my name is Fergal O'Keefe and you're very welcome to the Galway City Your Council podcast series where we will share insights on the range of services, projects and people in the Galway City local authority area. Galway City Council provide a diverse range of services including beach maintenance, dog pounds, health promotion, strategic planning, tourism promotion and housing supply. This series will introduce you to some of the people delivering those services and the valuable work they do every day in Galway City. For more information on Galway City Council, please go to our website www.galwaycity.ie I'm delighted to say my guest today is Sharon Connolly, who's the Senior Engineer, Head of Environment, Climate Change, Park and Recreation at Galway City Council, where Sharon oversees the day-to-day running of these departments with over 100 staff, with responsibility for all the green spaces, parks, playgrounds, the beaches within the city, the rivers and the canals. Sharon chats about her long career as an engineer in an industry where she is one of the only female engineering students in her college and often the only woman in work meetings. Why now it is so important why women take up engineering as a career. Hi Sharon, you're very welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Virgil. I suppose the first thing is I just want to ask you is, is your title. Eh? So what, what area do you cover? You're, you're a senior engineer, but you kind of cover a big area.
1: Yeah, I'm actually head over the environment section, recreation and amenity and also the capital sports projects that we're putting forward over the next few years.
0: So you would have over 100 people work in your area, would you?
1: Yeah, it is approximately 100 people counting the um, outdoor staff as well. So, yeah, it's a fairly big remit. And how
0: long have you been there? How long have you been in the Galway City Um, Council?
1: With Galway City Council, well, I actually, I worked with Galway City Council on a two-year contract in around 2015, 2014. I was actually came in as senior engineer there um, on the transport, roads and transport department. And that was my first time ever working within a council and I think I was a bit of a a shock to everybody else as well (laughs) because I was the first outsider (laughs) you know I'm I'm from Dublin originally but I actually uh, 12 years of my career was in the UK came back here um, in the year 2000 and then spent a couple of years in Qatar working and then back here again so I've kind of done the rounds and all of that work would have been Consultancy, so the private sector. So that's what I mean. I was an outsider coming in, as in. All of my experience, the first day I walked in the door had been all private yeah. sector. Very much a, a wake up call of, I, I suppose, the the differences between working in the private sector and, you know, within the public sector, because in the private sector, I suppose you are driven by profit and all of the rest, but you're project driven. So you have certain projects you have to do and you have a certain timescale you do them in and a certain fee you have to do them for. So it's very much you just work your way through it and you don't have that luxury in, you know, in the public sector because, you know, although you're trying to get your projects done, you know, there's a huge amount of interaction with your councillors, the public. And for me, the sports clubs as well. I've got all the outdoor cleaning crews, all the beaches, <laughs> the blue flags, green flags. And um, so it's, yeah, it, it's a completely different type of work, I would say, than from the, the private sector. And I suppose you don't realise how busy you are all of the time. Um, I think there is this concept that, and I suppose I I'm, I was the same way. It is a lot uh, more work done. And, you know, there's a lot of people uh, invested in what they're doing. So, um, yeah, it, it is just a different atmosphere and a different way
0: of working. Because you're answerable to your colleagues and the project, but also, as you say, the public representatives and then the general public. Yes. And and then the press as well. And it's amazing. Like it's, so it's a huge, from a profile thing, it's a big difference, isn't it?
1: it? It is. It is very much so. And, I mean, when you're in consultancy, you're answerable to the client, you know, uh, and that's about it. And although I did work on major road schemes where I did have a lot of interaction With the public and with, you know, with counsellors and that throughout the country, you're treated slightly differently. You're actually treated as more of a professional when you're actually on the consultancy side because you've been employed to do that job. And although I still have the same skill set (laughs) here, you're kind of treated slightly differently as though you're not as skilled. And I find that uh, a bit strange because, you know, the, the staff in there are, you know, in the council are very skilled at their jobs, you know, and so it is a bit of a misconception, I think, by the public over the skill level within the council.
0: So when you started out, when you you were in school, at what stage did you go? I'd like to get into a career in engineering.
1: I think always in school, I just didn't want to be the same as everybody else. I wanted to do something that was different. That was my mindset. And like. I looked at, you know, the first thing I told everybody I was going to be a pilot and then realized, well, crikey, we don't, you know, (laughs) with my parents and stuff, we we don't earn money like that to do something. And I did look at aeronautical engineering. But at that time, I would have had to leave school at the uh, what you call junior cert now. And I didn't want to take the risk because it was an apprenticeship you did for that and so I don't know how I happened across civil engineering, but civil engineering is quite a big field. So you're doing quite a lot of subjects. You're doing geotechnical, you're doing surveying, um, you know, materials as in concrete and things like that. Road design structures, you know, bridge bridges and things like that. So it's quite a wide area. And so it means that you can then go on and specialise. In, you know, so many other areas. So, you know, when I went over to in- like I literally, I went to Carlo Regional Technical College and I left there in 1988 and I was straight on the boat to England because there was nothing here. There was no jobs here. And I'd say 80 percent of the class was on the boat with me.
0: What percentage of your class would have been female? Me. Really? <laughs> <the
1: percentage>. Yeah. <laughs> when I was in second year. You were was females even in first year. So I was the only female there at that time. When I left, I was the only female. Um, and that was eighty seven, eighty eight. Um Now, you probably would have had a few more in Bolton Street, which was the other place you kind of did civil engineering. But like I got an interview for Bolton Street and decided not to go there because I think one of the questions or one of the Things was thrown at me. Was going well. We don't usually take female engineers because you just go and get pregnant. And I sat there going, I "Have to go to this place." <laughs> Got up and walked out. I was no. Wow. Yeah, I did get offered a place there, but I refused to take it. I went to Carlo because they offered me the place straight away based on my points. You know, I didn't see yeah. why I had to justify myself. So I was kind of oh, crikey.
0: <laughs> now, that's amazing that you were the only person in the class. Uh, you know that. At the time, you know, because it isn't that long ago, really, you know, when you think.
1: No, when I went into first year, there was a female in second year in Carlo, But by the time I got to second year, there was no girls in first year. So but I must say, like the guys were great. You know what I mean? I got on well with the lads in the class.
0: And then when you started work, how, do, how did you find that then?
1: I suppose because I was starting off, you start off as a technician but or a drafts person, because you're still working off the drawing boards then. There was no computers <laughs> or AutoCAD or anything like that. So you're literally on the drawing board. And so there was a few more women doing that side of it. But as I moved on with my career, um, because I did my degree over in England, I did a part-time so I paid for my degree over there and um, it took, I think, four years to do it. Um, so you found as you moved on, there was uh, it was kind of a mix, you know, it depended on where you were. I did work in one company where, you know, I think around a third were female and that was highly unusual. And it was one of the best places I've worked in for the atmosphere because it does change the whole atmosphere of the office. It is less macho and, (laughs) you know, that sort of thing. And I suppose working in that time as well, over in England, you had your page three at the sun and the star and all of that. And it wasn't unusual to be working in offices where you had literally pornography on the walls (laughs) It's like and that was a big wake up call for me coming from Ireland as well. You know, 80s Ireland, you wouldn't see any of that.
0: So you must have been a, a strong character though, to want to go towards that direction and then go to England and then work in that environment.
1: Yeah, well, it was just I was very single minded, I think, yeah. <laughs> in what I wanted to do. And I did like the civil engineering and it is a slightly more male side of it because I went into roads. So that's more the heavy engineering. And also going into the roads, you actually, you know, eventually becoming a project manager, you're over quite a wide range of expertise. So you have your structural engineer working to you, the geotechnical engineer, your drainage, your alignment designers, um, you know, so you've got all these specialists that sort of answer to you. So you manage the whole project. So um, I think I'm just bossy. (laughs) Like,
0: did you notice then sort of over your career, over the last 30 years, like the, the changes then in the demographics?
1: Do you know what? There hasn't been huge changes not in the civil engineering field and there's some companies that have a better balance and the last company I worked with Atkins they had a good balance of female engineers and even the the likes of um, Tobin Consultant to be fair to them they did too but in some others you you kind of you are the the lone (laughs) female Mm. I mean I've walked into meetings where you'd have 20 people, maybe more in there. And I'd be the only female sitting in the room. And you do have to then have the nerve to present what you're doing or what you're talking about. But you get used to it where you actually don't even realize you're the only female sitting in there because it's happened so often. It just becomes the norm do think you kind of get drawn to certain roles and I think it is to do with just natural strengths and weaknesses but I suppose I've never been your typical female and so I've never really fitted in in that role I think you know because there are a lot of women in engineering but they typically be on the environmental and the ecology side or health and safety um side of things landscaping and that so you would find a uh, you know quite a significant number of women within those areas. But but I have worked with female engineers throughout and, you know, I've always got on really well. You do actually find that you, you stick together.
0: That's the important thing, isn't it? To, to encourage women.
1: Yeah. And just remembering that engineering is such a wide variety of things you can do within engineering. And um, it is something that you can make a change in. And it's looking at you know, all the different fields of engineering and picking something that um, suits you, uh, you know, and your strengths out there. But yeah, and it would make a difference to how things are designed as well, I think, because we do have a slightly different approach. And a more holistic approach to things. And uh, yeah, it would be nicer to see.
0: Do you have you noticed that over the years? Sort of when you're looking at something and then uh, you know, guy is looking at it. Would you say, what is it, more practical?
1: I suppose I would look at it to the whole life process mm-hmm. of it. But we would take a slightly different approach. And it's more just get it done <laughs> sometimes with certain people. Or, you know, but I would be the kind of as well, get it done, but have it all considered and You know, a lot of design is based on the information available to you at that time. You're not going to have all of the information because you never will be able to gather every single bit of information you require. But you base it on the best that you've got at the time. But I would have picked that more from consultancy because you have to deliver something. You can't go back and go, no, (laughs) (laughs) haven't got enough there. So, um, but you find as well within engineering field, when women are working together, they do collaborate a lot more. I didn't feel as though I had to compete as much.
0: Do you like that about your job now that it's more so there's projects that are longer term and, you know, can go on for many years. So that's an advantage, too.
1: It is. And you you look at the much longer term of things yeah. you know and it's trying to get that across to people projects just can't drop on the ground you have to consider and you have to look at it into the future and you know there's a great group of people within environment and recreation and amenity and there's a huge varied skill set there so we do throw ideas out there and you know and it's also learning to accept that you may not be right (laughs) <laughs> you know, in your ideas and accepting other people's ways of doing things as well. It's not always just one way to to do something.
0: And that was an important thing is uh, being able to allow people to to be yeah. to express themselves
1: and and allow people to do their work. Now, I wouldn't micromanage people and all the rest because I truly believe that if somebody has been given that role, they're capable of doing it. Now you've to let them to go do it. There might be mistakes along the way, but nothing will ever be, you know, there's, there's nothing there that you couldn't correct, if you see what I mean. Yeah. And, um, so nobody would grow if you actually sit looking over their shoulder for every minute of the day. I, I don't think anything gets achieved then.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And nobody learns. <laughs> Especially that. if you
0: want to be creative, any, any creative yeah. thing, you know, not being afraid to make a mistake.
1: Well, that's it. Um, we'd have, if we've got difficult projects or things like that, we'd have a meeting on it just to fire out ideas, no matter how mad they might seem. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but that's the way to get things, you know, to get things moving and done. So, and if somebody asks for something that's a, an easy one to do, you know, we, we do accommodate it. It's the bigger things where you have to have everything done you know, your your environmental screening and your proper planning and all the rest in place, because if you don't do the steps at the beginning, by the time you get to go and try and get your planning, you'll be pushed back to square one because you haven't done something earlier on that you should have done. So there is that bit of due diligence in what you're actually doing within your work. Um,
0: I, I noticed a stat actually was about you know about STEM careers and it was saying that like 12 percent of engineers in ireland are female even though 23 percent are now graduates and maybe that's just to do with it working its way through do you know what i mean Um,
1: yeah but a lot of women do drop out when you're actually in you know you are going into very male environments for some for for some sectors of engineering and i know that. like i was a mentor Here, When I came back with Engineers Ireland and the engineer I was mentoring, I just knew that she was never going to last within the the role because she was doing civil engineering as well and working on road construction sites. But you have to be a very strong character. And she used to just get upset. And actually, you know, get physically or visibly upset, you know, when she'd be out in sight, when she'd be having an argument with somebody. And you can't do that. You have to give as good as you get if you're going to get a contractor to do something that you require them to do. And then you have to have the arguments at the end when you're kind of trying to do the final costings, because there'll always be claims. So if you can't stand your ground on the claims, you could end up, you know, especially for me being the consultancy side, then costing your client a lot of additional money if you're not capable of arguing the toss with the person cursing you out of it <laughs> in front you, of you.
0: And you mean like you were in um, the UK and Qatar and Ireland? Like, is there yeah. a very different culture in each one? Is Ireland very different?
1: Yeah, actually, there it is different. Like, I suppose my main career I started in England, and it was very much more a lad culture there as well but also there was a culture of drinking at lunchtime and, and but also at that time when I went over there like it was much more multicultural so that was a bit uh hugely different for me because you didn't have that much uh you know you didn't have many different people living within Ireland at that time in the the 80s you know that didn't really start happening I think until 90s onwards um so that was very different. But the English, they don't have the same sense of humour. That uh, You know, so that one. And when I came back to Ireland, I found, but also I suppose one thing in England as well, it is very, it, very class society. So a lot of the engineers there, their parents were engineers or were doctors, but they were mainly professionals. I mean, my dad never went beyond school and my mother I'd never finished school, you know, but they always pushed us to go and get an education. So and it's not unusual for an Irish person to have gone to college without their parents have gone. But over there, it's more unusual if you've gone to college without your parents have been but at, around that time. So, you know, I was the odd one out as far as background was concerned, because I grew up in a very working class society and. You're suddenly pushed into, I suppose, different sort of demographic of people. And you're dealing with landowners as well over there that are, you know, I did a roads project in Oxfordshire and you're dealing with multimillionaires. Small farmer over there was kind of what would be a very large farm over here. So that was a a big difference as well. And the fact that they have uh, this young Irish girl sitting in front of them saying, I'm sticking a road through your land there. Do you mind? I I suppose that's where you kind of learn your trade as well and being able to speak up for what you're doing, your design and standing over it. So, you know, it was a good grounding in, in the UK. Coming back to Ireland, there's more acceptance of women actually within engineering here. There's less of that sort of what are you doing this job for i found and also you're while you're in work you work it's taken much more serious here.
0: Say a girl who was in school looking at the idea of engineering.
1: I'd say it is a worthwhile career and in the public service, especially engineering, because there's so many different sectors you can work in. You can work in transport, in roads, even in housing. In the departments I'm working in, environment, recreation and amenity. So you get a very broad base experience and that is good but I would probably say I think for me I'm glad I sort of did it the way I did it and got the experience out in the consultancy and then came to work in the public sector but it it is a very worthwhile job and it does give you a lot of satisfaction when you see things on the ground and people using things you know we're putting in a lot of um you know making our Uh, areas more accessible and more accessible swings and play equipment and all the rest. And it's lovely to see all the kids being able to play together, no matter what their ability is. So it's just those simple things that make it
0: worthwhile. It must be very satisfying seeing people public getting something out of that.
1: Yeah, it is. And, you know, making changes to areas like we've uh, been rolling out greening of the laneways and that's kind of, picking laneways that have antisocial behaviour, litter problems and all the rest, and going in with the local people and getting professional artists to help them do murals on the walls and and things like that. And that's actually great engagement with the public. And then they take ownership of it. And, you know, we will supply, you know, materials and things like that to help them maintain it. And we will do the maintenance with them. Um, You know, there's just projects where somebody if a housing estate comes in with a little project that they want to do we will do it with them you know so those are the things where you do feel you give back more to the community within the departments I'm in now than I felt when I was working in the harder side of the engineering the transport and that
0: it's less contentious most of the time. And is there a certain project that you're particularly proud of?
1: I think from my career, I would have to say I was the project manager on the N17 Tune Bypass. Like I was with that project from the year 2000 when it started. Now we handed it handed over in 2009 to become part of the main design and build project. But you're driving down a road that you've predominantly designed, didn't hugely change did all the agreements on the accommodation works and the land ownership, the compulsory purchase order of the land, and got it through planning. So it's it's nice to drive drive on something that you're yeah. so much involved in. So yeah, I'd say that was the biggest one I've got on the ground that you actually see. Um, I think the biggest projects I worked on was in Qatar. Like you're going the expressway roads projects there I was in charge of were worth four billion euros. So it's just astronomical sort of money. And the carriageway widths there, you know, Tune Bypass was four lanes in total. Um I think the one in Qatar was 16 lanes in total. So you'd five lanes along your main carriageway and you'd connect your distributor roads feed it into it and off it at various parts that were three lanes each you had cycle lanes not that i know who's going to cycle on it and walk (laughs) footpaths and um and then one of the junctions was a four level junction it was a free flow and i think the highest structure on it was 30 meters above ground so i I was glad i'd left by the time that was being built
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> That's huge. And like they have a small population, don't they? The
1: Qatari population, I think, is, when I was there, it was just over 300,000. But the total population in the country was at that stage just about hitting 2 million. So it was a huge expat, but most of them were working on the construction of the stadiums, the roads, the light rail system, you know, so... I don't know what it's like now after that. I'm sure there'll be a bit of a a down. They're going to have a lot of paved areas with nobody on them.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much. That the last question that I ask everybody is: is this a personal one? Is is there something unique or special? One thing unique or special about Galway to you?
1: Right. I think like I moved here in 2000 and I was seconded here by my UK company, but the minute they gave me the chance to come here i jumped at it because i just love the fact it is a compact city i love being beside the sea um and there's just so much within galway to offer from arts to sports i mean it just doesn't have one sport it has nearly all sports that yeah. you you know and i'd enjoy watching sports and stuff like that but um yeah and also like of an 18-year-old and watching him growing up here. It's been an amazing childhood for him. Thank
0: you so much. Take care. Thank you for listening. And we look forward to sharing some more great interviews every Tuesday. Please subscribe or follow wherever you listen to your podcasts and you'll be the first to hear new episodes every Tuesday. You are listening to the Galway City Your Council podcast.